0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need
1: to hear. There is a ferocious battle taking place right now in eastern and, and southern Ukraine. Biden now asking Congress for another $33 billion.
0: To keep up the fight to save Ukraine. You're always concerned about a recession to GDP. fell to 1.4%. Crisis on the southern border. Either
2: he wants this crisis or he's incompetent. The 2022 NFL Draft.
0: Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, Tom, Benny, and Clark. And uh, for a Friday, the weekend is here, but lots to talk about. Interesting article in the Carolina Journal. We were talking about this uh, earlier in the week uh, after three judges came out and decided that they would give felons the opportunity to vote once they're released from prison, but not necessarily when they have uh, fulfilled their constitutional obligations. So uh, earlier today, it was reported in the Carolina Journal that state legislative leaders are asking the full 15-member North Carolina Court of Appeals to reconsider this ruling that came from two Democrats and one Republican, well, the Republican dissented. But a, a, a judge, a three judge panel, decided that uh, in this two to one ruling, it would permit a f- uh, felon to go out and um, once he's completed his active prison time. But the law currently says that, okay, y- y- uh, the change would apply to felons on parole, pro- probation, or post release supervision. The, the current law says you've got to fulfill all those things first. And they're saying, now we're going to waive that. As soon as you get out of prison, you can go ahead and register to vote, which would affect 56,000 people. So now, state, and again, these are the Republicans that have asked um, through an attorney out of Washington, D.C., uh, the appeals panel to uh, hear it en banc, which means all, all 15 members. Uh, the Superior Court has issued an injunction that is plainly irreconcilable with the North Carolina Constitution. This is what we said earlier in the week. I mean, the Constitution makes it pretty clear. According to the motion filed yesterday by Nickel, uh Moss, a Washington, D.C.-based attorney representing Republican legislative leaders under Article 4, I'm sorry, Article 6, Section 2, anyone convicted of a felony may not vote unless that person first re- is restored to the rights of citizenship in a manner prescribed by law. The Superior Court held unconstitutional the manner prescribed by law. How is something unconstitutional was part of the Constitution? <laughs> I mean, d- liberal justices have a way of, uh, well, we, we, we consider that unconstitutional even though it's a part of the Constitution. Uh, in other words, felons would be allowed to register and vote despite the absence of state law required by the state constitution. Quote, the Superior Court knew injunction would cause irreparable harm to the state and its voters in any election, Moss added, even if the State Board of Elections had sufficient time to implement that injunction between this year's primary and general elections. The facts remain that the State Board has been enforcing a different set of rules over for over a year, rules that the North Carolina Supreme Court ordered the board to keep in place back in September and that this course had ordered the board to keep in place through July. Um. I, again, this is uh, this is just judicial malfeasance. I, I don't know what more you can use to describe this. When you have you you have political activists in the court that are saying, "The people of North Carolina be damned, the Constitution be damned, we're going to do what we please." And, uh, you know, our ends justify our means. And if it means running roughshod over the Constitution, so be it. You know, we mentioned the other day,
3: I mean, there's no constitutional path, regardless if you think this is right or wrong thing to do. There's no constitutional path for these rights. But liberals all the time, you mentioned, you know, uh, how can the Constitution be unconstitutional? And liberals all the time say, well, hey, at one point, one point uh you know black people couldn't vote women couldn't vote we make amendments to the constitution but 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 there's a process for that and 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 i mean that that's to me it's kind of obvious rights the other two things i mentioned but it always seems to be arguing about things of of election procedure that they want that they want to use the constitution or violate the constitution for and i mean the Poll after poll after poll says the, you know, the voters don't like this, Democrat or Republican in, in general. I mean, this is just another method for the Democrats to say, hey, we've carved out another group that we can segregate to a one-issue voter. Yep. And if we can get them to the polls, by God, they're going to vote Democrat. And that's all it's about.
1: And again, I can't remember what the number was, but I think it was 68 yeah. percent, 60-some percent of North Carolinian voters – Um, About two-thirds, about every time you see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that, uh, they think the Constitution is correct and that these felons need to pay their full debt before they're allowed to vote again. And you're talking about 56,000 voters that are are, are felons that can now vote that they ought to wait and fulfill their entire obligation. So then the question is, where are the constant siren calls of disenfranchisement that we hear constantly from the left when it comes to photo voter ID. Mm-hmm. That's all we hear. But yet now that they can bring some people in that are going to vote for the progressive agenda, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's no calls of different disenfranchisement now. And again, the, this um, uh, attorney Moss basically reiterated what Judge Jefferson Griffin, the Republican, said that if convicted uh, convicted felons are permitted to vote in November and petitioners subsequently prevail on the merits of their appeal as they likely will quote untold thousands of lawful votes cast by North Carolina citizens likely will be diluted by votes cast by convicted felons in violation of our state constitution and that's pretty much the definition of disenfranchisement yeah definitely you know and i wonder if if i wonder if
3: with the activist supreme court we have now that you know is leaning democrat four to three i wonder if they would just say you know what we got this guys we know we know what we're gonna do and just do the you know do four three vote and and just uh override the constitution i mean they've done it before so oh yeah
1: i i would not be surprised i mean especially watch if the Court and I. My hunch is because of the uh, majority of Republicans on the Court of Appeals. My my hunch is that this Court of Appeals will take this up on banc. The whole court will hear it, and as soon as you hear that, realize if the Supreme Court allows the court system to work, it probably will mean that the Court of Appeals on banc taking it up will d- delay the situation long enough. That if they came out with a ruling, these felons would not be allowed to vote prior to the general election. And again, remember, one of the important parts of the upcoming general election is the vote for the Supreme Court justices. Yeah, absolutely. If Republicans win, suddenly the shift at the Supreme Court goes from a 4-3 majority of Democrats to what would be a 5-2 majority of Republicans. Mm-hmm. And at that point, uh, yeah, the, the it's highly diluted. Now, regardless of whether felons can vote or not in this upcoming election, perhaps the Republicans will prevail. But I say all that to say that if they, if the Court of Appeals, en banc, picks it up, watch for the Supreme Court to immediately come in at that moment and say, no, nope, we're going to take it right now.
3: And I think there's already been a request filed to step in and do that already. By the, by by, the left. By the same old left. That's anything dealing with voters. They, I mean, they've got a lawsuit and appeal or whatever they need for the particular time. They've got one in the in the drawer. They just pull out, and they're ready for it. Yeah. And I, I tell you, <laughs> to your point about the Supreme Court coming up uh, this this fall, um, I mean, without question, I think that's the most important election in North Carolina uh, is, I'd agree. is taking over that Supreme Court where it's just not a complete activist ruling just up and down the line.
1: Speaking of election and election law, I want to go back to a, a, a article out of the Carolina Journal we mentioned in passing yesterday, because it just broke yesterday as we're going on the air. And that is a news release from Senator Ralph Heiss. And I put a phone call into him uh, earlier today. I haven't heard back from him yet, seeing if we could get him on the program to talk about this. But he released yesterday afternoon, Ralph Heiss, who was on, uh, he was the chairman of of the committee that put together the, the district maps for uh, voting. Uh, you know, every 10 years we put, put out new maps. And uh, he released a bombshell report f- that he got from New Jersey. The New Jersey Globe reported that Sam Wang, who was the leader of the Princeton Gerrymandering Project, is under investigation in New Jersey Staff there alleged Wang was manipulating data to match his personal agenda. He's also on the the side accused of mistreating people who work for him. Again, this is so interesting because here you've got progressives. And and by the way, again, the Supreme Court demanded that um, even over the objections of Republicans, when these maps were being drawn, even before Wang came into the picture, Republicans were saying this guy Wang, and, and, and this, these are my words, not not the Republican legislators, but I think they'd agree with me. This guy Wang is bad news. Yeah. This guy Wang has a political agenda, and the Democrats said, "Nope, he will be the uh, what, what do they call him the the uh, master ma- master map drawlers? Yeah, master
3: something, grandmaster, grand, grand pooh bah. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so, so now this report and this investigation up in New Jersey by the New Jersey Globe is reporting, yeah, this guy does have a political agenda. And so the question is, how much of that political agenda affected his map drawing? And I would I would guess quite a bit. And again, Republicans said, don't allow this guy to be a part of the team. And they said, absolutely, we're going to allow this guy to be a part of the team. He drew the maps, and then they said, let's toss these maps out. They're biased. And the Supreme Court said, no, we're going to keep these maps. What's interesting about this, now, and again, I don't know how much it will affect things, but when it came to the congressional maps, um, Heiss is referring to analysis suggesting that the court-imposed congressional map has seven districts favoring Republicans, six districts uh, favoring Democrats, and one judged as a true toss-up district. What was interesting about that is um, the maps that the Republicans came up with had six favoring um, Republican-friendly districts, four that were friendly to Democrats, and four that were competitive districts. So, uh, and and you, you, it makes you wonder. Was Wang basically saying, um, you know what, we are going to be in trouble anyway? And, and again, I I don't know how – I'd have to go back and study to figure out, you know, how much of a change this was. But the idea of fairness, um, apparently they they didn't really want toss-up districts. They wanted districts where more Democrats um, could have a favorable outcome.
3: Yeah, yeah, and the Democrats, uh, I mean, their goal is just basically – fairness means hey we want the same number yeah exactly it doesn't have anything to do with with how people vote or anything else or the districts or any of the what the constitutional law is it's just that hey you can't have more than we have that's what right. it boils down to yeah. and and back when they had the i guess the supreme court hearings on these maps um i went back and read the transcripts uh and just kind of did a cheap novel approach reading just because i get it you know really excited about boring things but the the um the attorney representing the general assembly i forget his name now when he questioned wang it was so obvious and so transparent of what wang intent was he i mean he was not being a biased uh unbiased independent you know professional (laughs) he definitely was leaning democrat and it was so transparent in his testimony to me it was just amazing to me that how anyone sitting on that court couldn't see it, and it just told me that hey, all you care about is your party. That's all.
1: Well, we, we out of the Supreme Court, we've seen that uh, time and time again. So, uh, yeah, they don't have a good track record on uh, actually making fair judgments on this stuff. Speaking of uh, ridiculous, biased, uh, your comments earlier. Okay, it, what's what's good for the progressives is is fair. What's bad for the Republicans is uh, is okay by the progressives. Uh, Boy, we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about this. Um, Basically, uh, we're going to start a Bureau of Disinformation, a disinformation government board. This is uh, coming out of uh, Secretary Mayorkas's uh, Homeland Security operation and the Biden administration. Uh, This is bad news. This is this is. Unbelievable that basically your free speech is going to be monitored by the Biden administration if this passes. Stay with us.
0: Today's secret message. I could tell today's message was really important. Ready, your decoder rings. Aha, B, the first letter is B, U, I. It was getting easier now. L, D, build. Build what? Up in there. What was it? The fate of the country may hang in the balance. Decode the day's news Build back. Better? A crummy socialist bill. With Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and
1: 103.7. Welcome back in. It is April 29th. Today is International Dance Day. Don't hmm. expect to see Benny and I doing any of that. But uh, Taking a look at your weather forecast. Uh, pretty nice weekend coming up. A little on the cool side. Uh, tonight, cloudy. A slight chance of a rain shower. Low 51 Tomorrow, cloudy, a slight chance of rain shower, high of 74, only a 20% chance of rain tomorrow. A Sunday, partly cloudy skies, some sunshine, and again, a slight chance of rain, but warms up to 85, so not, not, not too bad of a weekend forecast. Uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club, voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole lead trivino design course, full-service full dining and outdoor pool, more, and more. Um, Not a golfer, Ironwood's new social membership includes access to their competition-sized swimming pool, clay surface tennis courts, and member-only full-service dining restaurant. For more information, contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. And uh, get out and enjoy at Ironwood Golf and Country Club. The Daily Wire and numerous other media outlets are reporting on this new disinformation governance board that the Biden administration has come up with through uh, the Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy responded to this new disinformation board with a, a statement to the Daily Wire yesterday saying that the move is Orwellian. We're just talking about that during the break. The uh, new disinformation governance board was announced on Wednesday. Interesting that the timing of this disinformation board happens right after Elon Musk purchases Twitter. (laughs) Quote, leave it, this is a quote from McCarthy. Leave it to Democrats to think free speech is the problem and more government is the solution. The notion that the same party that spent four years promoting the Russian collusion hoax, suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story, and equated parents to domestic terrorists, believes it has the credibility to tell Americans what is true is laughable. And it is telling that the person who would run Biden's Orwellian Disinformation Governance Board is a political activist who has a long history of falling for and spreading disinformation. It's easy to imagine this person abusing the term disinformation to suppress the facts and spin away inconvenient truths about the administration's many failures, including their failures to secure the border. The idea that the federal government should control speech sounds uncomfortably close to the thought police. Biden must immediately abandon his plan to create a modern-day ministry of truth. Is that what the... uh, third reich called it the ministry of truth no that's what was in 1984 and oh george that's right yeah, okay. yeah well what the third reich had this yeah they, i can't we couldn't remember what the name of it was but yeah they had something it was called and it was enforced by the black, brown shirts
3: mm-hmm. and you know the book was written in 1949 by george orwell just post-world war ii obviously i mean by a person that had seen what had happened in you know nazi germany uh prior to and during the war but also what was spreading across Eastern Europe post-world War two right. and uh, it, it's just amazing the similarities to to what was written so so long ago and you know um, the was it Nina Jankowitz
1: right she is the person that that Biden has picked to lead this
3: and I mean she's on record a prolific tweeter saying all sorts of things back on the you know just pushing the Russian disinformation story you know, saying there was nothing to the Hunter laptop story. And, I mean, it's like, what, what are you doing putting a, a fox guard in a hen house, basically? Yep,
1: yep. Uh, so yesterday, Jen Suckey was uh, asked about this at her uh, briefing. Cut three, Clark.
0: There's been some um, criticism of the person who's been chosen to oversee this board. Um, she had previously called the Hunter Biden laptop a, a Trump campaign product um, seeming to discredit its validity or validity of reporting surrounding that. um, How can can you assuage concerns of people who are looking at this person who's been appointed to this position and wondering if she's going to be able to accurately judge misinformation now that a lot of that reporting has been uh, proven to be factual in some ways? Well, I don't have any comments on the laptop, but what I can tell you is that it sounds like the objective of the board is to prevent disinformation and misinformation from traveling around the country in a range of communities. I'm not sure who opposes that effort, um, and I don't know who this individual is, so I have no comment on it specifically.
1: Uh, I can think of plenty of people (laughs) that would be against the government telling us what speech is acceptable and what speech is unacceptable. A disinformation government board, again, it sounds like something out of Pravda or the Third Reich. Uh, it, is, it is beyond the pale. And, Jen, the problem is not monitoring disinformation. The problem is the administration's definition of misinformation and the idea that we'll have a government monitoring free speech. I mean, you know, we used to say you have free speech, but that doesn't mean you can yell a fire in a crowded theater. But now the left has added to that the freedom of speech does not allow you to utter anything that undermines the progressive agenda, even if it is the truth. And we don't trust Jen Psaki and the Biden administration and this Nina jockowitz as far as we could throw them. No, we do not want you in charge. And again, here you've got, just like the Supreme Court has basically uh, said that uh, – or the, the the panel of three judges in the North Carolina Court of Appeals has says the North Carolina state constitution is unconstitutional. This is basically what the Biden administration has said. The mm-hmm. constitution that grants us freedom of speech is unconstitutional.
3: <laughs> it, it's really – we're living in a bizarro world, I guess you could say it, because I, I just – I don't know. When you hear Jen Saki say things like that and and – and come out of these democratic pundits on television, you're just wondering like where? Are the, I mean, they're in a, living in a bubble, or either they're just absolute liars, pathological liars of the stuff that they're putting out there. And it's it's so uh, telling that 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 book, 1984, is written in '49 interesting enough in 1984 the movie came out and for people that you know maybe they're not readers like i i'd like to read and i like movies too but the movie was really well done and pretty much followed the book so i mean you can find it out it's all no, over I'm sure all over you could place.
1: go to one of the uh, you know the the uh, pay-per-view uh, channels and the um, get it for a buck 99
3: the main character winston smith was portrayed by actor john hurt i mean Not that common name. If you saw him, he's been in several things. He had the raspy smoker's voice. That's the way I always (laughs) describe him. But – and he worked for the – I think it was called the Times, I believe, in the the book, where he basically would go through and redact actual information and put information in what the thought police, what the ministry of truth was telling them to tell everybody. And it's just like, my goodness, we're living this.
1: Yep. And again, this is why the left is going nuts over Elon Musk saying, No, we're just gonna have hope and free truth. Well,
3: I was thinking about last night. <laughs> when they when they haul in Elon Musk to testify before Congress, I don't care what I'm doing. I will not be working yeah, I will be, be watching the T V no. because I believe Elon Musk I've heard some pundits say, you know, he he doesn't know what he's in for. I think Elon Musk doesn't they don't he don't give a damn about those guys up there and he's gonna embarrass them, no. I think.
1: No. <laughs> Uh, we can only hope so. Yeah. So Biden's decision to kill and overregulate uh, energy in the United States, I mean, immediately he shuts down the wall and shuts down the XL pipeline. I mean, as soon as the first day in. And he has been, and even the other day, uh, you know, he, he continues to talk about how they're going to fight the fossil fuel industry. I mean, continues. I mean, and and yet when we look at the prices, it's not his fault. It's the greedy oil barons, and it's uh, Putin. <laughs> and, but at the same breath, he asked OPEC, hey, guys, how about yeah.
3: increasing uh, 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 in supply uh, a little bit so we yeah. can kind of drop these prices down? It, it's,
1: and he hadn't done it. He, uh, he didn't do it, I should say. But he was down there talking with Venezuela. <laughs> well, yeah. gu- guess what's happening over in Europe right now? They are building and just about completing liquid gas pipelines. Mm. And guess who's paying for it amongst other people? The United States. (laughs) That one particular pipeline, the 240 million euro, 250 million dollars in U.S. dollars. This pipeline is going to carry three billion cubic meters of gas per year. It received. Funding from Bulgaria, Greece, the EU, and from the United States. Good grief. Yeah. So, and just like we're worried about everybody else's border but ours, we're paying for gas pipelines overseas in Europe. And that's not the only one. There's, there's uh, another pipeline that's going in. But listen, th- these nations realize, okay, what's the solution for our energy it's the pipeline. And again, you've got to come back and ask yourself the question: does Joe Biden of course Joe Biden doesn't really know what's going on, but do the progressives that are using Joe Biden, do they care one iota about the actual environment, or is it all about destroying the United States of America? You've got to come to the conclusion that it's the latter.
2: Mm.
1: They don't care about the environment. I mean, no it, we, would, we would we would work it out. We would make it sure
2: it's eliminated
1: yeah, if we're going <laughs> eliminate you. Uh, you know and John Kerry, I mean, you know John Kerry actually came out and was against uh Ukraine getting MiG fighters because of the carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. yeah, and in the meantime he flies all over the world. he it, it, it is nothing to do with the environment. It's everything to do with their agenda and a, a big part of their agenda. Is destroying the United States of America as as we know it, growing up in it. And, and it's really the I think it's all part of the uh,
3: you know Agenda 21, part of the you know the World Economic Forum, uh, one world economy. Basically, you know, not rising America up, but bringing America down yes. to everyone yeah. else and yeah. making everyone you know equity it's all in the yeah. thing of equity i believe but
1: their pockets are full
3: oh yeah their pockets are th- these people lifetime politicians like yeah. joe biden yeah. and hey there's some republicans up there as well oh yeah just get generational wealth accumulate generational wealth on a government salary how does that happen other than yeah. someone public paying servants you off? Yeah, public, public servants yeah. what a joke i mean we've yeah. talked about it on many topics before these people can't be that big of idiots It's intentional what they're doing. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's intentional. Um, Exhibit C for the hypocrisy of the Joe Biden administration. Town Hall's reporting Senator John Kennedy, one of my favorites up there, confronted the Joe Biden judicial nominee who is uh, now going to be um, – is being put forward as a nominee to serve as a U.S. district judge in the U.S. district for the Eastern District of New York. Um, her name is Uh She, I'm not absolutely where she I think she must or her family must be from India um, th- this individual has said some bizarre progressive things in the past and these people always think they can get away with uh, saying these things and it won't come back to haunt them John Kennedy reminded her of some of the things that she said. This is cut one, Clark, that she said uh, concerning police killing unarmed black men when she was up at Princeton.
2: Now, this is a really simple question, Councilman. Do you believe that cops kill unarmed black men in America every single day? You said it at Princeton. Senator, I said it in my role as an advocate. Oh, okay, you didn't mean it. Senator, <laughs> I said it in my role as an advocate to make a rhetorical point. So, so when you say something that's, that's incorrect, it's okay to excuse it by saying, oh, I was being an advocate? What do you believe? Do you personally believe that cops kill unarmed black men every single day in America? Senator, I believe law enforcement have an important and challenging job in this country. That's not what you said, though, Counselor. Senator, I say before you here today that I do believe law enforcement have a difficult and challenging job, and I also understand the difference I just between think that's an extraordinary statement to make with no data to back up no none whatsoever. There's no basis for you saying that, and you knew it then and you know it now. How can one possibly believe that you're going to be unbiased on the federal bench? Senator, I believe my record shows that I have worked collaboratively with law enforcement in Boston, Chicago, Mississippi, and Milwaukee to solve complex problems to promote constitutional, effective, and safe policing. Your record shows that you believe cops are guilty until proven innocent. Your record shows that if a cop, if, 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 if a cop shoots a criminal, it's the cop's fault. And if a criminal shoots a cop, it's the gun's fault. I've read your record. I've read your record, Ms. Murrow, and I don't appreciate you not answering the question straight up. I would respect you a lot more if you'd just tell us what you believe and not try to hide it.
1: It's amazing how these liberals, when they want to pass the court of public opinion, uh, suddenly turn into conservatives. Oh, yeah. and Oh, everything I've done is, is constitutional. Oh, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. And, and to Senator Kennedy's point... Um, you, you know, she, w- when she responded to him, she was not answering a question. She it was obvious she was reading Robotic. a pre- a repaired, a prepared statement yep. oh, yeah. that had been. Uh, oh my gosh, you know it had been through the ringer of to make sure it said the right things. Oh yeah, I, you know I would. Uh, I, I think they should require people just like when Amy Comey Barrett came before uh, the the Senate committee, you know, for the Supreme Court bench. You know, she came in with. Um, Hey, just sat there. Didn't have anything in front of her. I mean, right. yes, I know she prepared for it. Probably went back and, you know, reviewed some of the things she had done on the bench. But I would require everybody, hey, you know, we're going to ask you questions. Right. The truth is the truth. And the truth is
1: easy Bingo. to remember. Bingo. And you don't have to memorize the truth. No. And it's, it's obvious what her agenda was. I
3: mean, if you say something as an advocate, then okay. I, so I'm allowed to be an advocate for a position and lie. That's yeah, what that's what yeah. his point he was getting at. And well, politicians do it every time they run. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> Senator Kenney's my, my he's my new favorite oh, guy yeah. in Washington. Yeah. I would just love to
1: sit down with.
3: I was thinking the exact same thing. I was
1: thinking the exact same thing. Shoot a fat. Right right now, if, if there was two people I could go up and spend a couple of hours with, one would be Clarence Thomas, and two would be senator kennedy
3: where would richard burr fall in all this
1: uh he's down like (laughs) 134th (laughs) hey we gotta take another time out stay with us we get back hunter biden the deviant we'll tell you why
0: should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht
1: with more news and views on Talk 96.3 at 103.7. Welcome back in talking about uh, Senator John Kennedy and uh, wouldn't it be nice to go spend some time with him up in D.C.? There's not a lot of people I'd want to spend time with, but John Kennedy and Clarence Thomas are two that I would. Uh, the other thing that he was in the news for yesterday, they were talking about this loan student loan forgiveness thing that uh, Biden sounds like he wants to pursue and uh, John Kennedy yesterday just said, look, here, here's my student loan uh, agenda. You took the loan out, pay the bill. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty simple.
3: I mean, you signed up. You yeah. signed up to pay it back, and now you're upset that you got to pay it back. And, and and it's just another case that they're trying to squeeze as many votes as they, they can bingo. for this midterm election. And they'll do anything – anything it takes regardless of the consequences on the american people and the backs of the taxpayers just to get a few more votes
1: the new york post and an op-ed by tim graham for town hall basically had in recent days some of this stuff is a few days old some of it just came out today but boy they've run a bunch of stories on um the deviancy of hunter biden yeah, he was a uh, this who, guy is a deviant. He is a pervert. He is uh, it's beyond the pale. You talk I mean every drugs, incest, child pornography. This guy is and and you'd think of all the things this guy would have instead of going out and getting his computer laptop repaired, you'd think he would have beat it to death with a sledgehammer saying I, nobody can ever get a hold of this stuff you know it's interesting how when people manage to get away with so much stuff they think they're invulnerable and they think they can do anything and no one's ever going to catch them well he got caught hunter biden desperately insisted his brother's widow Haley biden get screened for hiv as their affair cooled off in the summer of 2018 Biden, 52, implored Haley to be tested for HIV in an email sent to Beau Biden's widow on July 27, 2018. Uh, That was a month before he fathered a child out of wedlock with former stripper London Roberts. You need to inform me of the result, Hunter wrote in an email on his abandoned laptop, a copy of which was obtained by the New York Post. Today, I'm getting tested. Hunter also accused Haley of being detrimental to his mental health, And driving a wedge between he and his niece, Natalie, and some three years uh, after his brother, Delaware Attorney General Bo Biden, died of brain cancer. I'm starting to think about this. This is is just, this in and of itself is sick. (laughs) The guy leaves his wife and three daughters to have an affair with the widow of his dead brother. Hunter went on to ask Haley to stop the BS regarding his niece, accusing his sister-in-law of trying to turn the young teen against him. In March of 2017, Page Six exclusively reported Hunter and Haley are having an affair and that Hunter had separated from Kathleen Biden. President Biden's son revealed in his April 20, uh, 2021 memoir, Beautiful Things, that he and Caitlin divorced after his first wife found steamy text messages on an iPad between himself and and his late brother's widow. Hunter detailed the rampages he went on in his unflinching 271-page book, Following Divorce, during which he stated the affair with Haley. I, I, and, and so this guy, and I'm, I'm thinking about this, this lowlife not only leaves his own wife to have an affair with his dead brother's wife, but then writes a book about it to cash in on it. <laughs> and old crazy Joe just acts as if this is normal family life. He is in the Biden crime family. Now, now, now this, is what, this is what Cousin Eddie Joe Biden said. Quote, we're all lucky that Hunter and Haley found each other as they were putting their lives together again after such sadness. We're all lucky. How lucky was Hunter's wife and three daughters? Hmm this is um and anyway he goes on to say tell Haley how much he loves her but go go get tested for hiv well she probably needed to get tested because of her relationship with hunter hunter was stringing her along one month later in august of 2018 hunter's child with stripper london roberts was born um interesting you won't find the name of london roberts in any liberal network transcripts anderson cooper won't be interviewing her for 60 minutes Hunter and Haley split in late of 2018. In one email, Hunter sent to Haley on December 2018. Hunter called her a clueless, middle-aged, over-Botox, fat eh, loser. One day later, Haley replied, please stop the nasty emails. I'm not against you. Everyone would understand if she was. It turns out Hunter was also carrying on an affair. Are you ready with this? Now, I, I didn't realize this until I ran uh, read this op-ed by Tim Graham today in town hall. He stopped his he stopped his affair with his dead wife's widow Haley in order to pick up an affair with Elizabeth Secundi. Guess who she is? She's Haley's sister. Oh my goodness!
2: <clears throat> mm.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, other than the fact that he you know smokes crack and does all sorts of illicit drugs, the most important indicator I picked up on that Hunter Biden has poor judgment. Is the fact that he didn't know that strippers are not in love with you I mean, I thought everybody knew that well, d- d- They're you getting know,
1: paid When when Joe or Hunter actually says I, I don't recall Now, Hillary used that line numerous times I don't recall But in the case of Hunter or Joe They might not recall They probably may not, they they not. Might not. Stay with us, we'll be right back
0: A beautiful day for a day, First thing you should do after work. My turn on the radio. Check in with Tom and Benny. Gotta know what's happening in my city. What's going on in my backyard?
2: Things that are happening locally. I like the local news. Things that I don't hear everywhere else. I don't hear everywhere
0: else. For the local news you want.
2: Keep me informed for all of the local stuff you know. It let me know what was going on in the local community.
0: Eastern Carolina's news sources. News and views on talk 963 and 1037.
1: Today's program has definitely got a theme. Have you been following at all this Amber Heard and uh, Johnny Depp deal? <laughs> Johnny Depp is suing his ex-wife for uh, defamation. They're sick as the Bidens. They, they are. Um, and this is sort of a, I, I'm not going to really get into it. I'm not feeling sorry for either one of them. But as part of the uh, testimony... She came out and she talked about the divorce settlement, which happened, I think, back in 2018 or something, where um, Johnny Depp cut her a check for $7 million. Wow. She went on and started bragging about, I'm not interested in the money. This is all about um, fairness, and I've given all the money away. She claimed, Well, here she is talking of herself. This is cut uh, two. This is an interview she gave shortly after the divorce.
0: And actually were all kinds of accusations uh, flying your way when you said all this and then there was a divorce settlement, you got seven million dollars. People were saying this is all about the money, but then you did something that uh, twisted that whole argument. What did you do with that money? Seven million dollars in total was donated to, I split it between the ACLU and Children's Hospital of Los Angeles. ACLU is a human rights organization. Sorry, ACLU is a prominent. uh, organization, nonprofit organization in the United States. Yeah. It's called the American right. Civil Liberties Union, and they work on behalf of marginalized communities uh, on the ground and in legislative reform. Right. And well, more
1: power to you, because that's, that's something that I've never heard I wanted of. nothing. I wanted nothing. Guess what? It's mm. all a pack of lies. <laughs> she ended up giving $350,000 to the ACLU. She ended up giving $100,000 to the Children's Hospital. Oh, my goodness. The Children's Hospital actually came back and said, hey, you, you promised us $3.5 million. Uh, should we expect any more? And, uh, and again, you know, the theme of today's program is it's unbelievable how liberals will say one thing and do another. And, I mean, what do what liberals do? They constantly are shaming conservatives, accusing them of being greedy. Anyway, that's... It's unbelievable the uh, double standards. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, and you see it all the time. You see the Marxist at the uh, Black Lives Matter spending hundreds of thousand dollars on personal real estate. Uh, you see Bernie Sanders, Sanders with his multiple homes, while he decries uh, Americans and conservatives for being overly greedy. <laughs> It's unbelievable. The hypocrisy knows no bounds. No, indeed. Hey, listen, have a great weekend. Uh, Weather-wise, it's going to be pretty nice. A little cloudy skies, maybe a chance of a passing shower. Get out and have some fun, and we'll do it again next Monday at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.